All right, we will call the Common Council meeting of August 6, 2019 to order, and the clerk will call the roll. Alder Harrington McKinney? Here. Alder Heck? Here. Alder Hennick? Here. Alder Moreland? Here. Alder Kemble? Here. Alder Lemmer? Here. Alder Martin? Here. Alder Reddy is excused. Alder Rummel is excused. Alder Skidmore? Here. Alder Tierney? Alder Brevier? Here. Alder Abbas is excused. Alder Oboros? Here. Alder Balde? Here. Alder Bidar? Here. Alder Carter? Present. Alder Foster? Here. Alder Furman? And Alder Evers is excused. Madam Mayor, we have quorum. Thank you. Before we start uh, our meeting, I'd like to ask you all to join me in a moment of silence. Um, and as we share a moment in silence this evening, we will join friends around the country and around the world in mourning not only the 31 people who were senselessly gunned down in El Paso and Dayton, but also the four who, will shot, who were shot only days earlier at a community celebration in Gilroy, California. These acts have yet again showed the resilience and bravery of thousands in these communities, but they have also shown that yet again, enough is enough. As of August 3rd, there have been 255 mass shootings in this country. Enough is enough. We welcome our immigrant brothers and sisters, and we strongly condemn hate speech and racism. We need leaders in our country who bring us together, not tear us apart. And we need gun control now more than ever, because enough is enough. Please join me in a moment of silence. I also want to recognize that our country lost a national treasure today in Toni Morrison, who will be greatly missed. All right. Uh, we'll begin, Alder Bidar, with suspension of the rules. Move suspension of rules 2.04, order of business, 2.05, introduction of business, 2.24, ordinances, and 2.25, resolutions for items so designated on the agenda. Moved and seconded. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. Ayes have it. The rules are suspended. Brings us to item number one, Alder Bedara motion. Move adoption of item number one, honoring the life and work of Ms. Sina Davis and recognizing her impact on the city of Madison. Moved and seconded, and it is my honor to read this resolution. Whereas... Ms. Sina Davis enthusiastically made Madison and the Allied Drive neighborhood her home after moving from Chicago in 2008. And whereas since arriving here, she dedicated her life to supporting and building up residents of Madison and the city as a whole. And whereas Ms. Davis was a graceful and fierce warrior who overcame battles with addiction, homelessness, and joblessness and defied ovarian cancer for many years. 
and. Whereas she used what she learned from her own experiences to help others overcome their respective struggles with addiction and homelessness. And whereas Ms. Davis worked with Tellurian and the ARC House to help people living with addiction transition back into the community. And whereas she worked with Joining Forces for Family, the Salvation Army, and as a case manager and outreach worker with Porchlight to support people experiencing homelessness and housing instability. And whereas she breathed that same love, tenacity, and fight into numerous community efforts dedicated to building a wonderful allied drive neighborhood and improving the quality of life for people who live there. And whereas for 20 years, uh, whereas those efforts, among others, included helping found the Allied Community Cooperative, serving on the board of the Allied Wellness Center, and the Allied Task Force, helping to start a local chapter of Mothers in the Neighborhood, serving as a neighborhood welcomer and community health advocate, and actively collaborating with the Allied Neighborhood Resource Team. And whereas it was Ms. Davis's vision to bring neighbors out on summer evenings to enjoy a popular movie with each other in their local park, which prompted the City of Madison's Park Division to create movies in the park. And whereas of her organizing efforts, she stated, Quote, I want to let others know that you can build your community. Where you live is all yours, and you can make things happen, end quote. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the mayor and common council of the city of Madison express their condolences to the family of Ms. Sina Davis and their deep respect, admiration, and gratitude for the many significant contributions Ms. Davis made to improve the quality of life for all Madisonians and especially the residents of the Allied Drive neighborhood. And be it further resolved that the City of Madison's summer movie series will henceforth be known as the Sina Davis Movies in the Park program. I'd like to invite Sina's family. We have copies of the resolution for you. I just want to tell everybody thank you and um, I appreciate everything and I really appreciate you guys naming the program after my mom. She really, um, this is something she really works for, so thank you and I really appreciate it. Hi, I'm Katie Ferens. I'm representing the Ally Drive neighborhood tonight. Um, and the first thing I just want to say right now is that. Sina would have loved this. Like, she would have been on cloud nine right now. So I just want everybody to know thank you so much. Um, I've worked alongside Sina for many years in the neighborhood through all the different programs. I remember when she, that first meeting, she talked about the movies in the park, and she never stopped talking about it after that meeting, and she made sure it happened. And so um, i just like to thank everybody for supporting our neighborhood, and um, thank you for this, for Sina. Thank you. 
We also have Dorothy Krause registered to speak in support, and uh, Edward Murray is in support, not wishing to speak. Dorothy? Thank you. I am Fitchburg Alder, as well as County Board Supervisor for the area that wraps around Ally Drive, so I've been working very closely with that neighborhood. Um, the day the announcement came out for the Movies in the Park program, I added a note to my Facebook that I'd like to read. It says, Sina has been a spitfire as long as I've known her, something over 10 years now. Through thick and thin, her first priority has been community. She brought people together to discuss the issues at hand and to take action on them, dragging others in the community along as needed, always in respectful and responsible ways. Hers is a difficult community, comprised largely of people many in our society would consider throwaways. Sina helped teach residents to respect and stand up for themselves and to participate in improving themselves and their community in whatever way they could, and they did. We need to find and nurture as many Sinas as we can. They are the people that can and will lift troubled communities. As much as us well-intended whites would like to think we know how to work with those communities, we don't. The answers lie within the communities, among the leaders and potential leaders living within those communities. We need to work to draw them out and support and encourage them, not only for their direct community, but to serve and set examples for everyone and all neighborhoods in whatever greater capacity that exists and can be created. I've made it my personal effort in Fitchburg to try to find those leaders in the communities. And my, my county board district stretches from Leopold School to Hegel School. So it's all those border neighborhoods between Madison and Fitchburg that are relatively indistinguishable from on the ground. Um, I want to find the leaders in those neighborhoods and do whatever I can and whatever we can to encourage them to help lift their populations and their communities. That, that's just critically important for us to do. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Crafty. I'm going to, um, just for context, um, because I know that uh, many of you did know Sina, uh, but maybe some of you did not, uh, and you may not uh, know her role in the Movies in the Park program. So for context, I'm going to ask Tarek to share a little bit about that. Thank you, Mayor. So, yeah, for folks that don't know, my name is Tarek Sakoff. I work for the city and the mayor's office and coordinate neighborhood resource teams. Neighborhood resource teams are really about trying to make sure that we're listening to people, uh, especially people that are more disconnected from systems of power, making sure that we're taking in uh, what's important to people and, and lifting that up, really looking toward how do we improve quality of life and so on. I started my position at the very tail end of 2012 and met Sina pretty quickly in early 2013. And as Katie said, from Jump, uh, I was hearing about movies in the park. And is there a way that we could do this? Is there a way that we could show movies and let the community come together? And there were a lot of barriers. And we started having that conversation one year at a time. And we took these small incremental steps to be able to first have our parks division, um, who readily tried to make, meet the challenge, get some equipment to make it available. That didn't really work. 
We needed to get the licenses because the licenses were cost prohibitive. So the next year we did a little bit more and a little bit more until we were able to really develop this program that got going. And behind all of this was Sina pushing the whole time about cutting the grass, about making sure that we were thinking about, like, what else could happen out there to get rid of the mosquitoes, to make sure that we could build something else about it in terms of bringing ice cream out. And behind all of this goes to what in the world does the city have to do with any of this? But it really got to beyond questions about sustainability and metrics, listening to what people thought was most important to themselves in terms of bringing their community alive and bringing that dignity out. And so Sina Davis was was the one that pushed for this nonstop with me. And I'm happy that I was able to hear it and listen and push inside City Hall. And I'm glad that the park superintendents, both of them that came along, uh, Superintendent Brisky and then the Superintendent Knapp, were listening. And that the council and the mayor did. Because this, I mean, it's interesting that we've got these next two resolutions in front of us about addiction and recovery. Sina experienced both. And she really saw this about bringing and lifting her community up. That's what recovery is, building ourselves up. And then Dane Dances is this ultimate thing that everybody talks about as bringing community together. And 20 years later, here we are celebrating it. And so it's going to be really cool to see how many thousands of people are coming out in neighborhoods across the city 20 years from now when we remember Sina Davis Movies in the Park program, because that's what we're talking about. So thank you. Thank you, Charles. Alder Hennick. So as District 10 Alder, I've had the privilege of serving Stein and Davis as one of my constituents for uh, the short time that I've been in office. And it's kind of impressive. You know a person is, is really persistent when you get comments from the past two Alders who have served five terms consecutively, and all of them know Stein and Davis. And all of them refer to her as persistent, a spitfire, um, engaging, and so I'd just like to read a couple things, one from um, Brian Solomon, uh, the alder prior to Maurice Cheeks, and then a, a comment from Maurice Cheeks as well. Brian Solomon was an alder for Allied Drive when Sina Davis moved into the neighborhood. He was her friend and partner as they worked for positive change in the Allied community. He now lives in Oakland, California, but asked me to say a few words on his behalf. He is with us in spirit as we celebrate Sina's life. Chief Crowfoot said to his people, in a little while I will be gone from you, my people, and I, with it I cannot tell. From nowhere we come, into nowhere we go. What is life? It is the flesh of a firefly in the night. It is the breath of a buffalo in the wintertime. It is the shadow that runs across the grass and loses itself in the sunset. While we may have lost Sina to the sunset, her shadow is still here, reminding us of the work still to do. I still remember greeting her, this timid, soft-spoken woman who was recovering from a searing life of injustice and poverty. She wanted to get involved and didn't know how. First, it was the Neighborhood Association, then community meetings, and then Allied Wellness Center. Then she created Mothers in the Neighborhood and within a year was walking up and down Allied with a bullhorn on Election Day, reminding people not just to vote, but also why it was so vital to do so. Look through the entire universe and you will not find a single other sign up. That uniqueness lives in our memories. Because of that, Sina will forever remain as a member of this family, this circle of friends, and this community. All we have to do is listen, and we will hear her voice. Sina was a beautiful mother, friend, sister, activist, world changer, and human being. It was my privilege to know her and call her a friend. 
I ask everyone here to not just remember her, but to honor her, and to honor her by keeping her spirit alive in the work we do, by being good parents and humans, by sharing our belief that love and hope are cures to the diseases of racism and justice, and by fighting endlessly and tirelessly for a better and more just world. Then uh, Alder Maurice Cheeks says, I first met Sina in the first week that I was on the city council, and she demanded that we can figure out how to save Route 18 bus during the Verona Road reconstruction. And we did. That's the type of person that she was. She was always making sure that the neighborhood was never getting shortchanged. Every time she got in contact with Maurice Cheeks for the first portion of his term, I remember that he would say that she always was nagging about the food desert. That's another aspect that she was really um, engaged in. Um, in my short time working with her, I saw her at um, community forums, at the Allied uh, Association meetings, and around the street. So it was, it was impressive to see the amount of passion that not only she had, but that she emboldened in the rest of the residents of Allied Drive. So thank you to Sina, and um, I appreciate all of you being here and, and remembering her in this way. Thank you, Alder. Seeing no other alders in the queue, we'll come to a vote on the resolution. All those in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed, no. The ayes have it. Thank you again to Sina's family for being here, and um, condolences on your loss. Right, that brings us to item number two, Alder Bedar. Um, move adoption of item number two, supporting the work of the Pride in Prevention Coalition and encouraging residents to learn more about their efforts and resources in preventing addiction and supporting addiction recovery. And I will turn it to Alder Lemmer. Moved and seconded. Alder Lemmer. Whereas LGBTQ persons have a greater likelihood than non-LGBTQ persons of experiencing a substance use disorder in their lifetime, including opioid use disorder, and they often enter treatment with more severe substance use disorders, and whereas, according to the National LGBT Health Education Center, substance abuse among LGBTQ people can be best understood within the framework of minority stress. Quote, starting at a young age, LGBTQ people live with everyday discrimination, marginalization, and victimization based on their sexual and gender minority statuses. And whereas, over the last 10 years, opioid-related hospital visits and deaths in Wisconsin have doubled, especially among young adults. And whereas, three out of four heroin users started by abusing prescription painkillers, and individuals with a substance addiction are six times more likely than the general population to attempt suicide. And whereas, Outreach LGBT Community Center and Safe Communities are working together on the Pride and Prevention Coalition, which is a Dane County LGBTQ coalition. And whereas, the Pride and Prevention Coalition works to reduce and prevent substance use and addiction through awareness, education, intervention, prevention, and advocacy. And whereas, they are working vigorously to reach communities that are hard hit by the opioid epidemic by increasing safe storage and disposal of prescription opioids, prevention, early intervention, treatment, and mental health. And whereas, in August and beyond, the Pride and Prevention Coalition will be having fundraisers with partner organizations throughout Madison, distributing prescription lockboxes, 
educating the community on prescription drug disposals, engaging LGBTQ youth in order to provide them with helpful resources, and distributing brochures at area pharmacies. And whereas the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services identifies community support as one of the key pillars of addiction recovery and creating a culture of support can help those on the path to recovery and reduce the secrecy and shame in which addiction thrives. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the City of Madison Mayor and Common Council supports the work of the Pride and Prevention Coalition and encourages the public to learn more about their efforts and the resources they provide in preventing addiction and supporting recovery for those suffering from the disease of addiction. Thank you, Alder. And I believe we have several folks here, uh, Steve Starkey from Outreach and Cheryl Whitkey from uh, Safe Communities. Thank you, Alderperson Lindsay Lerner, Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway, City Council President Shiva Vidar Silov, and many other City Council members that sponsored this resolution. It's important that the City of Madison recognizes that LGBTQ people have a greater risk of experiencing substance abuse and often enter treatment with more severe disorders than the general population. Thank you for recognizing research published by the National LGBT Health Education Center that states LGBTQ people experience substance abuse at a higher level than the general population because of minority stress. It's important that City Council recognizes the statistics of LGBTQ opioid related to hospital visits Heroin use and suicide over the past decade are disturbing and at a much higher rate than the general population. And thank you for recognizing the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services identification as community support is one of the key pillars to addiction recovery. Outreach and safe communities have been creating and implementing the PIPC coalition to address the opioid crisis in the LGBT community in Dade County since March of 2018. We have reached out to many community leaders to build support and resources to address the opioid ep epidemic in the LGBT community in Dane County. We realize that community engagement and education is the key to our success. We also recognize that there are many community organizations and individuals that are already working to prevent and treat addiction in our area. We plan to engage as many of them as possible in our work to build synergy and make a real impact on this health crisis. As we continue to grow our coalition and work to have greater impact on opioid addiction in Dane County, we really appreciate the support of the City of Madison. Thank you, and thank you for your work. I also have uh, our new brochure that just came out today, so I would like to pass them out to um, as many people as would like. Never lose an opportunity to share information. 
Thank you all for being here. Seeing no alders, we'll come to a vote. All in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed, no. The resolution passes. That brings us to item number three, Alder Bedar. Move adoption of item number three, recognizing and celebrating Dane Dances' 20th anniversary. Second. I will turn it to Alder Carter. Alder Carter. Whereas for 20 years, Dane Dances has brought to our community our community together in jubilation and celebration and whereas Dane Dances was founded in 1999 in partnership with the city of Madison some prairie in Dane County and whereas Dane Dances was recommend recommendation of the city of Madison task force on race relations a common council resolution to bring multicultural dance events to Monona Terrace and dedicated citizens and whereas the event was founded by Peter Anderson and has grown re recently under the leadership and guidance of Dane Dance's board president Al Cooper and whereas today more than 235,000 people have attended Dane Dances and hundreds of generous volunteers have donated their time to organize and support this free public event and whereas Dane Dances is a fun and welcoming event that brings together and cultivates and strengthens relationship through music and dance and whereas this atmosphere helps bridge cultural divide and unites us as a community and whereas the city of Madison loves to get up get down get together now therefore be it resolved that the mayor of the city of Madison and the Madison Common Council do hereby recognize commend Dane dances for 20 years creating inclusive vibrant and joyful experience for our community thank you I believe we have someone here to accept Thank you, Minona Terrace, for all that you've done for us. Um, as a lifelong environmentalist and uh, climate activist, or as the powers may be, pain in the ass, mm. I must say it's the first time in my life that I've had people say something nice about me, so thank you. <laughs> um, and thank you for, on behalf of the hundreds of people who have made it possible volunteering and for the hundreds of thousands who have come. But at the same time, we, as we've seen this last year in the, in the Madison schools, Dane County continues to face challenges coming together on race. Certainly implicit racial bias will continue even after overt racial uh, racism is, is challenged. But evolution has hardwired tribalism and fear and the fear of the other into our synapses. Though unfortunate, something that is inborn part of everyone ought not to be confused with something that is evil. Instead of name calling, we need to constructively find ways to help people work around our initial instincts. As Harvey Milk presently said in 1976, the way to secure gay rights was for everyone to come out, 
to their neighbors to be seen just like them and not the other. And what Harvey Milk said worked over the 20 years uh, before Obergefell versus Hodges. Support for gay marriage went from two to one against to two to one for. That was what was on my mind when I dreamt up Jane Dances 20 years ago. But today we need more. We need much more. We also need a Dane churches. We need a Dane sports. We need Dane dinners to pray, play and break bread together too. Bringing folks from different parts of our communities together will not happen by itself. Last month I went to McPike Park for the wonderful Fête de Marquette to listen to the All Black Randolph Family Band. And there were thousands of people there, a sea of white faces, maybe only a handful that were black. While Dane Dances has attracted more than a third minorities. Bringing, back, bringing people together to follow the lesson that Harvey Milk taught us will require hard work and will require focus. I would love to talk more with anyone interested in seeing that happen. On behalf of Dane Dances, thank you so much for the honor. Thank you, and thank you all for your work. Uh, seeing no alders in the queue, all in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed? The resolution is adopted. So that brings us to item number four. Alder Bidar. Move adoption of item number four, proclaiming August 6, 2019, Hiroshima Day and August 9, 2019, Nagasaki Day. And I will turn it to Alder Campbell. Alder Campbell. Whereas the citizens of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were subjected to the horrors of nuclear bombs detonated on their cities on August 6, 1945 and August 9, 1945, respectively, which killed up to 250,000 and left many thousands more severely wounded, and whereas the city of Madison has been a member of Mayors for Peace since 2003, and whereas the city of Madison has a valued sister city relationship with Obihiro, Japan, and whereas the United States, along with the United Kingdom, France, Russia, and China, is bound by the 1970 Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty to negotiate the elimination of nuclear weapons, as well as to oppose the spread of such weapons, and whereas the U.S. government is instead planning to enhance its nuclear weapon arsenal by spending up to $1.7 trillion money that could be used instead to fund badly needed programs for food, shelter, schools, and jobs in Madison and other cities. And whereas the City of Madison Common Council declared the city a nuclear-free zone in 1983, and whereas the U.S. Conference of Mayors on June 11, 2018, unanimously adopted a resolution calling on the administration and Congress to step back from the brink and exercise global leadership in preventing nuclear war at its 86th annual meeting in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the city of Madison proclaims August 6, 2019 to be Hiroshima Day and August 9, 2019 to be Nagasaki Day to honor the thousands of innocent victims of the nuclear detonations on those days. 
and be it further resolved that the Madison City Council calls on the President to live up to U.S. obligations under the Non-Proliferation Treaty by seeking to eliminate all nuclear weapons and meanwhile honor the existence of the seven existing nuclear weapons free zones around the world and seek their extension wherever possible. And be it further resolved that the Madison Common Council calls on the President and Congress to cancel costly new nuclear and other weapon systems which do not make us safer and to allocate the savings for programs the people of Madison and other cities urgently need. Be it finally resolved that the city clerk is hereby requested to forward a suitably embossed copy of this resolution to the Madison's state legislative delegation as well as the Wisconsin congressional representatives, senators, and President Trump. And here to receive this is Paula Rogge from Physicians for Social Responsibility and Datsa Zeps from Women's International League of Peace and Freedom, Madison Chapter. And I'd just like to point out to everyone that at your desks, you have a letter from uh, Matsui Kazumi, the mayor of Hiroshima, um, thanking us for being part of the Organization of Mayors for Peace with a declaration on the back. Thank you, common council members. I'm sure the people in Japan will really appreciate this commemorative resolution. Uh, right now, as we, as we, as I'm speaking, there are people gathering over at Tenney Park to remember and honor the people that lost their lives at, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki by floating lanterns on the lagoon there, and to help visualize a nuclear-free future for their children. We look forward to working with the rest of you, all of you, um, uh, on a back-from-the-brink nuclear disarmament divestment resolution in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Seeing no alders in the queue will vote. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. The resolution is adopted. Okay, that brings us to item number five, Alder Bedar. Item, move adoption of item number five, which is a presentation of the 2019 Reverend James C. Wright Human Rights Award by the City of Madison Equal Opportunities Commission and Equal Opportunities Division to Brandy Grayson. And um, here to speak to this um, award is um, Corinda Rainey Moore, the chair of our Equal Opportunities Commission. Good evening, everyone. Um, on behalf of the Equal Opportunities Commission, it is my honor to present this award to Brandy Grayson. Unfortunately, Brandy couldn't be here, but I just wanted to say a little bit about Brandy and the work that she's been doing in the community. For those of you who don't know Brandy, Brandy is a tireless relentless soul on behalf of civil rights and human um, equity for particularly African Americans, but really for any underserved population. Brandy um, works tirelessly to raise funds for women who are being evicted and don't have a place to, uh, to, to live or they are needing services, money to, uh, for services to keep their lights on 
Um, she's out there gathering money to help these women. Um, she's also, sometimes you've probably seen her here at your meetings because she's advocating for systems that don't always work so fairly for other folks. So on behalf of the EOC, uh, we would love to present this award to Brandy Grayson for 2019 Jane C. Wright Award. Thank you, and thank you, Ms. Randy Moore, for your service as the chair of our Equal Opportunities Commission. And uh, please convey uh, my congratulations, and I'm sure the whole council's congratulations to Brandy. Seeing no alders in the queue, all in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Right, that brings us to early public comment. We have several folks here for early public comment, uh, starting with Catherine Kleiber on agenda item number nine, to be followed by Shadira Kilroy Flores on agenda item number 69. Catherine? My name is Catherine Kleiber. I've worked on raising awareness about the issue of radio frequency sickness for 17 years now since finding out that I myself um, had become sick from radio frequency sickness. Um, I'm here to, to talk to you about this because it's something you need to be aware of as an older person. Um, please take action to protect residents of the city of Madison from 5G. The telecommunications industry is motivated by profits above all else, just like other industries that have brought us past public health disasters. Lead paint, asbestos, radium, tobacco, and they have convinced federal and state legislators to force 5G on communities across the nation and Wisconsin, despite the telecom industry's own admission in testimony to Congress that 5G had not been tested for safety. It is incumbent upon local communities to protect their residents from this industry-induced folly as best they can. More and more studies are finding that exposure to wireless radiation is hazardous to public health. The recent U.S. National Toxicology Program study looking at wireless radiation found clear evidence of cancer and DNA breakage. The Ramazzini study replicated the National Toxicology Program study at lower levels of exposure and also found that wireless radiation is carcinogenic. Another replicated study found that wireless radiation is a cancer growth promoter. Ma'am, it, it would be useful if you could speak to, the, uh, to item number nine. If you allowed informational public comment, I wouldn't have had to speak specifically to item number nine. I would have been able to provide you this information, which is important for public health. The and item I that you're it. speaking to has been on our agendas in the past and, and may be again. Um, but what you registered on was a, a landmarks issue. Right, and it was an appeal, and I'm making an appeal to you to, to listen to this information, which will take you less than five minutes to hear, and is very important because I've had contacts from residents in Madison who are no longer able to live in Madison because of the RF that is already here. None and of us are, are commenting on the, the substance of your comments. You are, the council is available to you through email. You can email all alders at cityofmadison.com. And I have done so and have received no reply, and there's been no real substantive action taken on this in Madison. And now you, we have to have respectful um, ways of doing this, and, and we do this with everybody who's, if, 
It's not on our agenda. You cannot speak to it. We this, appreciate you being here. This is this really agenda. an important issue for all the help. None of us are disagreeing with you on the importance. to please step away from the mic. We are, and we are literally not allowed to talk about items that are not on our agenda. Uh, it, is, it is not. It's against our rules. It's against the law. So it, it, I encourage you again, if you'd like to hand something out, we can certainly take copies. I would encourage all of you alders to look at this because there are a lot of people that are going to be getting made very sick by action in the city. Thank you, ma'am. And it's very discouraging that you're not going to allow me to present a very little bit of information that I had to present. I encourage you again to email the entire council, and they, I'm sure, will read your communication. Shadira Kilroy Flores on item number 69 to be followed by Sharon Irwin, also on number 69. Good evening, Mayor, Alders. Uh, I'm here to, to in support of item 69 on the agenda, accepting the two recommendations from the Madison Police Department Policy and Procedure Review Ad Hoc Committee. Number one is the Civilian Oversight Independent Monitor's Office, and two is the Comprehensive Inter Internal Review and Root Cause Analysis of Critical Incidents. I want to thank my alder, Marsha Rummel, and Shiva Bader for, um, for being the sponsors of this. Our ad hoc committee has been working tirelessly. Um, this police and policy procedure committee, they've been working now two, going on three, three years, I want to say. Um, and I got to say, I'm really, really impressed with the work that they've done. Um, the work that they've done with the um, independent auditors that came in who gave their recommendations. Um, I think it's really because of the current situations that we're facing the with police departments, with police brutality, with the unjustified overuse of deadly force in this country, we need to have accountability. We need to have a way to hold our officers accountable. We need to have a way for community to be more involved in that accountability. Um, I actually want to read something that was posted today by Grandy. Brandy Grayson, since she's not able to be here. Shady, you've got about a minute left. i got about a minute left, okay. So anyways, um, I really feel that because of the amount of violence that we're facing in our communities, we need to take our leadership seriously. We need to take the accountability of that leadership seriously, especially when there's an abuse of power. So I don't think that I can read this quite fast enough, but this is something that President George Bush, chief, his speechwriter, wrote. So I fully intended to ignore President Trump's last round of racially charged taunts against an African-American elected official and an African-American 
activist and an African-American journalist and a whole city of a lot of African-Americans in it. I had every intention of walking past Trump's latest outrages and walking about the self-destructive squabbling of the Democratic presidential field, which has chosen to shame former Vice President Biden for the sin of being electable. It goes on to say, God help us. It is hard to write the words. This is evil. This is white supremacy. It's a found fact that many police officers are white supremacists. It's something that is dehumanizing. Shady, you need to wrap up. I'm sorry. I will. Um, Anyways, I just want to say thank you to the people who have taken their time on this ad hoc committee, and I hope that you as our alders uh, are also in support of their work. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Irwin? Hi. I know a lot of you are new. I don't really do this a whole lot. I'm doing this. I know March 6, 2015, my grandson was killed by an officer. I'm a military veteran. I took the time to look at all of it and realize this man lied to justify shooting him. In the process of this, I understand what it is to have a comprehensive internal rev review in the Madison Police Department. It doesn't exist. If you look at the emails going between the, the, the guy who was the chief investigator, Chief Koval, he's saying, find justification prior to the man starting. He says, cool. I don't want to talk to Matt Kenny. That's how comprehensive it was. Now, if we can get a comprehensive one for root analysis as to why this is going on, it won't happen again. As far as having a committee, an overview committee, extremely important, especially if they have a bite to it, that they can say, hey, I'm going to investigate this, because if they get only the evidence that is given to them, there's a good possibility they aren't being told the truth. I know that I know that that's so it's simple easy things how about this the the Ozane says to you everybody well based on the that the, the information and the alleged hole in the wall where he got hit in the head well he didn't bother to tell you that there was absolutely no DNA evidence in that hole that my son hitting my grandson I'm so sorry I'm nervous my grandson hitting him with his fist, open fist. I looked at all of this information. It never happened. There was no DNA on my grandson's fist. All the, all the forensic evidence says everything happened at the bottom step, never went upstairs, but you never had the opportunity to hear or see that. They kept it all under wraps. And I've been fighting for this for four and a half years. This is the most important thing you can do to bring us into a place of being that is safe for all of us, including our police officers, because my problem lies only with one. I believe in honor. I spent years in the military doing this. I'm a disabled veteran. I think that we have ability. I love this city. I got really mad at you for a long time. But I love this city, and we have the opportunity to be great. We are on the forefront of change. We can sit back and pretend and do old stuff, and we are only going to get old stuff. We need to move forward and not be afraid. You have to, or another family's going to feel like mine. I know exactly how all 31 of those people feel. To lose somebody to violence that's not justified. And you don't understand why. What happened? 
And then to find out it's all been a lie that everybody covers and nobody will look. I do this. I am the review committee. You need somebody besides the victim's grandmama out there saying no honor. Lie, 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 lie. And everybody's saying Sharon, what? if you can wrap up. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you all for the opportunity to do this and bring us into a better place of being. Bye. Sharon, thank you for service, too. All right. So that is all of our early public comment. So we will move to... Item number six, I'm uh, sorry, the consent agenda. Let's do that first. Uh, Alder Bedar. At this time, a consent agenda will be moved with the recommended actions listed for each item except items which have registrants wishing to speak, items which require an extraordinary roll call vote and are included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent, items which other person or persons have separated out for discussion or debate purposes. Our consent agenda for this evening. So the proposed consent agenda exclusions are agenda items number six to 22 are public hearing items. I will note uh, that for item number seven, we will have a, a re-referral, but we will get to that. The following items are extra majority items. Extra majority vote items will be recorded as unanimous votes unless a roll call or exclusion is requested. So item number 23, legislative file number 56677, report of the mayor submitting resident committee appointments. Item number 75, legislative file number 56455, amending the 2019 capital budget for engineering major streets. Item number 76, legislative file number 56470, amending the 2019 adopted sewer utility capital budget. Item number 77, legislative file number 56507, amending the 2019 capital budget of engineering major streets for Mineral Point Road and South Junction Road project. Item number 79, legislative file number 56584. It would be a substitute amending the 2019 adopted budget for the Department of Civil Rights. Item number 87, legislative file number 56682, amending the 2019 capital budget for engineering facilities management and street division. Agenda items that are part of the consent agenda with additional recommendations as noted are agenda number 68, legislative file number 56608, Establishing rules and procedures for common council deliberation on the City of Madison's 2020 capital budget and operating budget. The recommendation from the CCC meeting of 8-6 is to um, adopt. Item number 70, legislative file number 56707, approving the selection of Sankofa Behavior and Community Health, Inc. to provide on-site support services to the families residing at three-lane apartments. Um, and the recommendation is to adopt from our CDBG committee. 
Item number 90, legislative file number 56727, Landmarks Commission Demolition by Neglect, 121 Langdon Street, the report of the Landmarks Commission, and the recommended action is to refer to the Landmarks Commission. Item number 99, legislative file number 54405, approving the preliminary plat for Fred Maple Grove Drive on the property address of 3840 Maple Grove Drive. Um, the recommended action is to re-refer to the September 3rd, 2019 Common Council meeting. Item number 1111, legislative file number 56716, authorizing the mayor and the city clerk to execute an amendment to the agreement with Greyhound Lines. And the um, item is a new um, business for referral. An additional referral has been requested to the Finance Committee. Items requested for exclusion are item number 28, legislative file number 56768. It's a council update um, from performance and activity uh, from the Destination Madison um, by Deb Archer, and item number 69, which is legislative file number 56679, accepting the two recommendations from the MPD Policy and Procedure Review at Hog Committee. Items introduced from the floor for referral as legislative file number 56981 by title only, creating Madison General Ordinance sections 28.097, parent 2, parent D, and parent E, requiring institutions in campus institutional district without an approved campus master plan to get conditional use approval for the establishment of open or enclosed stadiums, auditoriums, arenas, indoor and outdoor sports recreational facilities and agricultural uses and for the installation of stadium lighting, amplified sound and the establishment or expansion of outdoor seating over a specified capacity. This is an introduction by title only and um, since it does not have um, a full body or a fiscal note, it will require a two-third two majority vote in our to be on our consent agenda and it is recommended as referral to the Plan Commission public hearing of H26-2019 and the Common Council meeting of 9-3-2019. Thank you, Oliver Dar. We have a number of folks that are registered um, as available to answer questions for items that are on the consent agenda, so I'll read those uh, registrations in case any of you have questions. On agenda item number 48, Bill Heinitz is here uh, on behalf of Old Sugar Distillery in support and available to answer questions. On item number 70, uh, Dr. Valerie Henderson is here on behalf of Sankofa in support and available to answer questions. On agenda item number 71, Tom Solist is here, I assume on behalf of Veracourt in support and available to answer questions. On item number 71, Artur Ambrose is here, also in support and available to answer questions. Are there any questions for any of those registrants? Seeing none, uh, I'll also remind the council that if you have any disclosures or recusals on any of the consent agenda items, it would be appropriate to mention them now. Seeing none, are there any Additional items that others would like removed from the consent agenda? Seeing none. 
Uh, we will vote then on the consent agenda. It's been moved and seconded. All in favor of the consent agenda, aye. 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 Any opposed, no? Uh, is it a unanimous vote? And the consent agenda is adopted. Which then now brings us to item number six, uh, which is a public hearing um, for a new license uh, at Shivalik Restaurant, doing business as the Taste of India. We'll reopen the public hearing. Do we have any registrants? There are no registrants. Um, we will close the public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to grant. Moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no? That is granted. Uh, moving on to the report of the Plan Commission, item number seven. And uh, this is Legislature 54503, um, MGO uh, changes regarding zoning of 3840 Maple Grove Drive. Um, we will reopen the public hearing. Are there any registrants? No registrants. We will recess the public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move refer, re referral to the September 3rd, 2019 Council meeting. Moved and seconded. Seeing no discussion, all in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. That item is referred. <clears throat> item number eight uh, is a second substitute uh, creating MGO related to uh, planned development district at 223 South Pickney Street. We'll open the public hearing. Are there registrants? Seeing none. Uh, we'll close the public hearing. Uh, recess the public hearing. Sorry, Alder Bedar. Um, move to be refer to the August 12th Plan Commission meeting and the September 3rd Common Council meeting. Moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no. That item is re-referred. Uh, it brings us to item number nine, uh, an appeal of the Landmarks Commission finding of demolition by neglect for 121 Langdon Street. And we will open that public hearing. We have several registrants wishing to speak. Uh, we'll start with David Sparer in support, wishing to speak, uh, and be followed by Stu Levitin in opposition, wishing to speak. Good evening, everybody. So I have to say one thing. Having I realize I haven't been here in a while, and you've got wonderful new chairs that are actually quite comfortable. On behalf of the public, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, so I am uh, David Sparer. I'm here on behalf of Harold Langhammer, who's the owner of this property, uh, and through. Uh, a number of kind of financial and personal catastrophes he had. Uh, he did fail to get this property fixed up uh, in a timely fashion. And uh, what we were hoping to have with this appeal is what, we, what we'd hope to have in front of the Landmarks Commission in the first place was uh, more time to get the repair done uh, because of the problems that he'd had 
be that as it may, um, the city has agreed uh, in terms of the building inspection department to give him uh, till the end of September the end of August to get all the work done uh, and it's almost done right now uh, and it certainly will be done by the end of August and uh, the motion is going to be to refer it back to the Landmarks Commission meeting in September uh, to see if he has gotten it all done uh, and so we certainly are hoping that it will be done uh, the city's uh, building inspection order is still hanging over his head to make sure he gets it done and so I hope that you will uh, agree to send it back to landmarks and I'm hoping he'll have it all done like in the next two weeks and it'll be a thing of the past uh, I guess if you have any questions obviously I can answer them. thank you mr. Levitin Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I'm Stuart Levitan, the former chair of the Landmarks Commission here uh, by express leave of the commission because uh, uh, the new chair, Anna Andrzejewski, was not present at the meetings at which uh, we took the action. So the commission has authorized me to come on its behalf. The hardest thing to do in public life is to tell a friend that they've done something wrong. And Harold Langhammer has been a friend of mine for a long time, and he's done a lot of great things in downtown Madison, including a lot of great historic preservation. Uh, his stewardship of 121 Langdon Street, unfortunately, is not on that list of highlights. And Rosebud has talked about giving him some more time. I believe you'll hear a report from Ms. Bailey uh, about how long the Landmarks Commission has been dealing with the Sur House. It's been over three years that we've been attempting to have Harold bring this property into compliance with the, um, with the building code. Uh, when the council, when a previous council enacted the new Landmarks Ordinance a few years ago, one of the real highlights was the demolition by neglect aspect of it. This made it a national leader among historic preservation ordinances, and people around the country took note. This was a serious ordinance that put serious teeth in the process of protecting our historic buildings before they became too far gone to save. It was an important uh, ordinance, and you did a great job in improving the work that the Landmarks Commission has done. The LORC, the Landmarks Ordinance Review Commission, really improved what the commission uh, gave it. And if you know anything about how um, high I think of our own efforts to, to, for me to say publicly that you improved it um, is, is very meaningful. Uh, this is not just a landmark building in an historic district. This is not just a landmark building in a national historic. This is an important building in the history of Madison. Uh, in addition to its architectural significance, it has great social significance. A president of the United States was entertained in this house, Grover Cleveland. This is the house that Oscar G. Meyer came to in 1917 when he first found out about a uh, uh, meatpacking co-op on the north side of town. Without 121 Langdon Street, we might not have Oscar Mayer. Uh John Nader was the architect. There are five historic landmark buildings in Madison for, whom, for which John Nader was the architect. This has architectural significance. This has historic significance. This has cultural significance. This is the kind of building that the demolition by neglect ordinance was designed to protect, to make sure that buildings did not get so far out of 
and that they were no longer salvageable. Uh, you'll hear from Ms. Bailey that we've, been, we've spent three years on this. Uh, we believe that uh, Mr. Langhammer gave us a, a, a projection in December 2018 telling us when he would have certain work done. None of those benchmarks were met. The work is still not done. It, by definition, it is still undergoing the demolition by neglect. I respect Harold, I respect Rosebud, but I respect the process even more. The process is what brings us here today. The process of demolition by neglect has, has the, the landmark, your Landmarks Commission did its job in finding that demolition by neglect was, was underway, and, and I hope you will validate uh, the work of building inspection, the work of the three preservation planners, and the work of your Landmarks Commission. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Levitin, and thank you for your service to our Landmarks Commission. Are there questions for either of the registrants? Alder Carter. Um, for the first registrant, please. Mr. Sparrow. Mm -hmm. So we've heard that this has been going on for quite some time. Can you tell me what has changed that the owner can get the repairs done in a timely fashion mm -hmm. um, before I enter the nursing home, preferably? <laughs> yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, when he first began to try to get this work done, uh, he was dealing, I believe, with Stevens Construction to do the work. Um, and their uh, bid for doing it was well over $100,000. Uh, following, and, and he was having trouble coming up with that kind of money. Uh, in the meantime, uh, a, a large building he was going to sell to raise the money to pay for this, uh, the buyer pulled out. Um, but since that time, uh, he has been able to sell a building. He has gotten a different uh, contractor to agree to do the work uh, for, I think, like a third of the price. Um, and they started working about the very beginning of July, and they've been working at a frantic rate to try to have it done by the end of August, end of July. Uh, and so at this point, it's maybe 90% done. Uh, there's two porches which are almost finished, which are the only things left other than the landscaping, which you can't do until the porches are done. Uh, so. So that's what the difference is, is, is it is almost done at this point. Uh, and I guess I'd, I'd want to point out that having a continuation of the um, finding of demolition by neglect, like what does that do for the city? Um, it gives the city perhaps the chance to try to take away the house and become the owner. You know, is that something the city really needs to do here? Um, it gives the city the right to go in and do the repairs. Uh, but if he does the repairs himself, then why is the city going to do that? Uh, and the third thing it gives the city the chance to do is to uh, prevent a future effort by the owner, whether it's Mr. Langhammer or some other owner, uh, to get city permission to demolish the property if the reason for demolition is that these repairs that were supposed to be done never got done. Um, however, he's going to get them done. Why not let him get them done? Uh, and then that wouldn't be an issue. Um, so, yeah. Alder McKinney for this registrant. 
Yes. <laughs> my question really was uh, for Mr. Levin, but, but my question now is for you. Okay. Um, your last series of what-ifs disturbed me, and the reason that it disturbed me is, is that over the three-year period where the owner had the opportunity to make the repairs, um, did the owner report back to the Landmark Commission, and was there a series of communications that said, what's so? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, um, Harold worked exclusively with uh, this partner of mine, Scott Herrick. Uh, Scott Herrick was his lawyer during that whole time. Uh, Scott retired a couple months ago and I took over doing this. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, I have no idea what the answer to your question is. Mr. Levin. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sparrow. Ms. Bailey or Mr. Fruling may be able to fill in the gaps of my recollection, but there was a period of time where it didn't even come to the Landmarks Commission. It was still being handled at the building inspection level, and Kyle Buno would, would be dealing um, with Mr. Langhammer directly. So I'm trying to think when it first came to it. It didn't come to the Landmarks Commission as a commission in 2016. I would say probably late 17, if I recall correctly, because I know that both um, I'm sorry. Um, okay, I mean it's, but but I, but I, my recollection is is that it was we were getting reports, but we we're not getting a finding. And it was when we got the finding when 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 Mr. Bono finally said, okay, we've we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. We're not getting any any response. Uh, that that Mr. Langhammer was was not responding to building inspection and and inadvertently a court date may have been missed and finally it was brought to the commission for action. I'm not sure if that answers. And, and did you have another? No, that's okay. okay. Probably staff. Thank you, Mr. Levinson. Uh, thank you, Alder McKinney. Uh, Alder Bedard, let's get a motion. Heck, whose district this is in, to make the motion. Alder Heck. I'll uh, move to refer to the uh, September 16th Landmarks Commission meeting with the following instructions. Rescind the previous finding of demolition by neglect if the property owner is found to be in full compliance with the conditions of the December 6, 2018 Certificate of Appropriateness or refer the appeal back to the Common Council if the property owner continues to be in noncompliance. Moved and seconded. Uh, Alder Bedar, would you like to hear from staff? Uh, can I? Please. So um, I just wanted to, to provide a couple of clarification. I'm, I'm, I think the only order that's actually in this um, chamber sitting today that was on the committee that came up with the language of demolition by neglect, which I feel very strongly about. The reason that this item is being referred back to the Landmarks Commission is because actually that language in our demolition by neglect um, that was added to the ordinance actually worked. Since the time that there was a finding of demolition by neglect by the Landmarks Commission, this uh, property owner has actually taken steps that he had not taken for since February of 2016. And uh, miraculously or not, um, almost all the work is complete. 
um, and therefore uh, it was through discussion with um, given the reports that we all have before us and, and in Legistar by building inspection um, and in conversations with um, uh, the older um, of the district that it, it feels like, you know, this really worked. And so um, if they are done by the deadline that they have been given of September 2nd, then Landmarks Commission can, can rescind it. Um, their findings of demolition by neglect. If they're not, then that pill will be before us. And I will kind of strongly say and go on, a, on um, and state that if it comes back before us because they are not done with the work, I will certainly say that you will have my very immediate and strong vote to deny the pill and to sustain the finding of the Landmarks Commission. However, again, there's been just miraculous amount of work that seems to be going on day and night at that property. I've had the opportunity to go buy it, as have others. And um, if what we want at the end from our um, process is to get um, the building to um, be brought back to its previous glory, I think that we've achieved our goal. And that language actually worked because it is since that time of the finding of the Landmarks Commission that the work has substantially started and been completed. Thank you, Alder Bedar. I see no other alders in the queue. Um, so the motion is to refer. It's been moved and seconded. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. The ayes have it. That item is re-referred. Which brings us to item number 10. Uh, we're now in the report of the Alcohol License Review Committee. Uh, and this is a public hearing on a new license uh, for Old Sugar Distillery. And we will open that public hearing. We have one registrant, Bill Heinitz, in support uh, and available to answer questions from Old Sugar Distillery. Are there any questions for our registrant? Alder Bedar, is that, do you have a question? Right. Any questions for our registrant? All right, seeing none, uh, we will close that public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to grant. Moved and seconded to grant. Seeing no discussion, all in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. That is granted. Brings us to item number 11, uh, public hearing on a new license for Garth's Brew Bar. And we have several registrants, um, Brianna Beyer in support and not wishing to speak, and Garth Beyer in support available to answer questions. Are there any questions for our registrants? Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to grant. Moved and seconded to grant. Any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed, no. That is granted. Brings us to item 12, a public hearing and a new license for a small change LLC doing business as Muska Lounge. Uh, open the public hearing. We have no registrants. We will close the public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to grant. Moved and seconded to grant. Seeing no discussion, all in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. That is granted. Item number 13, public hearing on a new license for Strings Ramen. I'll open the public hearing. One registrant, 
uh, Chenawang Juntra in support and available to answer questions. Uh, any questions for our registrant? Seeing none, Alder Bedar. Move to grant with ALRC conditions. Moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed, no. That's granted. Brings us to number 14, uh, public hearing on a new license for Ampark Hospitality LLC, doing business as Madison Cambria Suites. Uh, we will uh, open the public hearing. We have no registrants. We will recess that public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to re-refer to the ALRC. Moved and seconded to re-refer. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. That's re-referred. All right. Um, items 15, 16, and 17. We have no registrants. Okay. So uh, items 15 is a public hearing for a new license. Um, for Friendships are the Best Ships Incorporated, doing business as Barley Pop Live. Couldn't miss that name. Um, item number 16 is a public hearing for a new license uh, uh, for Wistiki LLC, doing business as Lonely Pine. And item number 17 is a new license for American Multi Cinema, doing business as AMC. We will open all of those public hearings. There are no registrants, so we will close those public hearings. Alder Bedar. Move to grant. Moved and seconded to grant all three. All in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed, no. Those three are granted. Brings us to item number 18. This is a public hearing for a new license for Savant Marketing doing business as PHC. Uh, we will open the public hearing. No registrants. We'll recess the public hearing. Alder Bedar. Move to re-refer to the ALRC. Moved and seconded to re-refer. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? That's re-referred. Which brings us to the report of the Plan Commission, item number 19, uh, creating sections of the MGO to change the zoning at 2540 East Mifflin Street. We will open that public hearing. We have one registrant, Kenneth Kushner in support uh, and available to answer questions. Um, are there any questions for Mr. Kushner? Kushner, excuse me. Seeing no questions, Alder Bedar. We'll, uh, excuse me, we will move to adopt with conditions. And move to adopt and seconded. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no. That's adopted. All right, items number 20 uh, is creating MGO to amend a PD at uh, 6810 and 6834 Milwaukee Street. Um, that is, uh, we'll open that public hearing and then recess it as we have no registrants. Item number 21, uh, which is creating uh, MGO to amend a uh, plan development district at 1 Winstone Drive. Uh, also a public hearing will open. There are no registrants. We'll recess that public hearing. And item number 22, creating uh, 
sections in the MGO to amend a plan development district per 45 Winstone Drive. Also open that. No registrants will recess for a motion on all three. Alder Bedar. Move to re-refer to the August 26, 2019 Plan Commission and September 3rd Common Council meetings. Moved and seconded to re-refer. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed? Those items are re-referred. That is our public hearings. So we'll move to item number 28. Ms. Archer. Good evening, everyone. My name is Deb Archer, and I'm with Destination Madison. I think somewhere on here there should be a presentation, but I don't see it. Well, um, I don't see it on here. Am I just missing it? Um, we sent it to Lisa. Um, we've got a very busy agenda, so I've got a very short um, thing to share with you. Um, first of all, I want to thank those of you that um, came to the meet and greet that we had um, last week that we did jointly with the Chamber of Commerce. I haven't had a chance to meet all the new alders. I certainly know all the returning alders, um, and I look forward to getting to know all of you. Kind of the bottom of the screen. Um, over time. Um, we are um, the official destination management organization for this community, and we will get this going. Oh, here we go. There you go. Okay. I can do this from here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, technical assistance. Um, our, our role in the community, um, and we're supported through the room text here, our role in the community is, and Sherry, thank you for um, serving on the board representing the council, um, is to bring visitors here and connect them with businesses and um, grow our economy. Um, it also is to enrich our community um, with events. I hope um, most of you appreciated the CrossFit that was here over the past weekend and the 112 international countries that were represented here um, through events such as CrossFit are what we spend our time doing uh, and representing you. Um, we are um, grateful for the investment that the city makes in what we do. Um, we are uh, very proud to represent this destination and um, proud to share uh, the news about what visitors mean to our community. So in a single year, uh, the direct spending, and this is for Dane County, not just the city of Madison, visitors last year spent $1.3 billion. That's not a turnover factor. That's actually the dollars that are left in our community. On um, the bottom left, I think one of the things that's always assumed is it's always assumed that the lodging community is the lion's share of the, the dollar that visitors hand, and actually it's uh, food and beverage. So that is um, our restaurants, places like Whole Foods, who I know said that CrossFit's like Christmas in August for them. Um, and, but it's those businesses that, are, that the business we bring here really help sustain that all of us get to enjoy that live here in the community. Uh, places like Craft Brewery and other uh, businesses that we all enjoy, visitors help supplement and keep healthy 
for the rest of us. Um, we also are an industry that keeps a lot of people, puts a lot of people to work in our community, and we're very proud of that as well. Um, I mentioned uh, we're a destination marketing and management organization. Um, we take our work very, very seriously. Uh, bringing visitors here is something that we think about very strategically in terms of the types of events and people that we, visitors we want to bring here. And we're also very conscious about being responsible stewards of the facilities and the community that we have and making sure that our visitors um, will recognize that. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, we are the external uh, sales arm for Monona Terrace and are very uh, grateful for that opportunity. And so the conventions and conferences that are held at Monona Terrace are something that we're responsible for um, finding and landing and bringing here. Um, this is a diagram that has been designed by our uh, International Trade Association. These are, this work sort of represents what we do. And um, we were fortunate enough to have Mayor Sacha come and speak to our board. And certainly we talked to others of you here. And we want our work and the things we, we are going to focus on to align with the things that you care about. And transportation and access to this place is very important to us, that we have good transportation, but we also have good access and mobility for people that can get around the community. Um, we also are getting very involved in building the pipeline and helping with workforce development because a lot of businesses in our community are really stymied right now because of the lack of people that they can find to work. So we're working with Madison College um, and several other entities to help build workforce development. And affordable housing for the workforce is also something that we care about and we look forward to engaging um, with all of you uh, going forward. Um, what's next? Um, the things we're looking forward to, um, we have been working with the mayor's office and talking about uh, welcoming delegates for the DNC next year. We are um, the entity that the DNC is working with in terms of housing. Um, we're still waiting for final numbers, but we have about 1,700 hotel, hotel rooms and about 7,000 room nights that they're looking at for us. Uh, to come to Madison um, during the DNC. We also are looking forward next summer to welcoming a really exciting event here called the Golden Age Games, which is Olympic-style events for veterans 55 and older. And we're very excited about welcoming those folks here next summer. We're going to be looking for volunteers, but they um, are very much looking forward to coming here uh, and enjoying Madison. And then we just close a contract. We're going to have the Midwest Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer uh, Association Collegiate Conference coming here in early 2021. We just signed that uh, contract, so we're looking forward to that. Um, and certainly a couple more years of CrossFit and Ironman and other things that we uh, bring here. Um, I want to offer that we are, we are going to reach out to all of you, and particularly those of you that are unfamiliar with us, to offer you an orientation at some point in time that's convenient so you can learn more about what we do and how we do it, um, because we don't want to take any more of your time tonight. But again, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity, and thank you for the trust that you've put in us for our work. So thank you. Thank you, Deb. Are there any questions for Deb? Seeing none, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. I think you can raise the screen when he's done. Uh, all right. So, uh, Alder Bedar, uh, a motion to accept the report. Move to accept the report. Moved and seconded. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Brings us to item number 69.
And we have a number of registrants. So we will start there. Uh, Keith Findlay will be first in support and wishing to speak. Um, he's the co-chair of the ad hoc committee to be followed by Mary Anglum. Hold on. It's finicky. All right. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I, I am here in my capacity as co-chair of the ad hoc committee that's presented these uh, recommendations uh, to you here this evening. Um, I think the written recommendations are pretty self-explanatory, so I won't spend much time on it. I just wanted to explain to you um, why, for those of you who are not fully aware, uh, why we have presented these two to you at this point. The committee has been working very, very hard um, in finalizing its recommendations and now drafting its report that will be uh, forthcoming very soon, we hope. It's been a very complex task in addition to the 146 recommendations that we've uh, acted upon that we presented to us uh, from our consultants, the OIR group. Uh, we also took recommendations from the community and from other members of the committee. And in total, we are writing up a report that has somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 recommendations. Um, we pulled these two out and forwarded them to you at this time because we deemed them both to be time sensitive and wanted the, to give you an opportunity to start working on them uh, in a timely manner. The first is the recommendation for the creation uh, of a, a civilian oversight uh, body, in particular creation of an office of an independent monitor um, and reporting to a civilian oversight board. Um, this is a recommendation that the Madison Police Department does not oppose um, and that the committee believes is the centerpiece of all of the recommendations that will follow um, because we think this is fundamentally important as a, in a democratic society as a mechanism for providing civilian oversight, the people's oversight of how they're going to be policed, but also as the most direct way that we can build the bridges to, to recreate the trust that's uh, sometimes missing between uh, some of Madison's communities and the police department. But, the, but fundamentally, we see this as critical because um, we think that implementation and effectuation of all of the other recommendations to some degree or another depends on the existence of this independent monitor. We wanted to pull this out and let you consider it now in a timely way because it does have fiscal implications and we wanted to give you the opportunity to get working on this now so that it, uh, you could consider including it in the upcoming budget. The second recommendation uh, is for a uh, non-blaming root cause analysis process for learning from uh, undesirable incidents. In this case, what we're talking about is critical incidents or, the, or typically officer-involved shootings. I say undesirable. Anytime the police uh, shoot, uh, it's a bad incident. If you can just wrap up. Sure. Anytime police shoot, it's a, it's a bad outcome. It's not always unjustified. Sometimes police have to shoot, but it's never what we want. Um, we, we saw a need for a non-blaming inquiry that could allow the city, the Madison Police Department, to learn um, from uh, these incidents 
in a non-blaming way so that we could try to, to minimize the incidence of these in the future. This one's time sensitive. It doesn't have fiscal implications, uh, we don't believe, but it's time sensitive simply because we have the opportunity to take part uh, in a demonstration project with technical assistance from the Quattrone Center at the University of Pennsylvania Law School, which is the technical assistance provider on this kind of process um, under a federal government grant. And if we want to get in on this free opportunity to get this kind of assistance, we need to do it now rather than wait because that, uh, that, that they may fill up and we may not be able to uh, get that with if, if we don't move quickly. So sorry to go over. Thank you. Um, Ms. Anglum to be followed by Eric Howland. Ms. Anglum is in support, wishing to speak, representing the League of Women Voters of Dane County. Good evening. I uh, know that all of you have received a letter on behalf of the League of Women Voters in your packet, and some of you have heard me speak earlier today, so I will be very brief, merely to reiterate that uh, the League of Women Voters of Dane County is in support of the two recommendations that you are considering tonight. Um, in general, the League's principles uh, uh, lead us to say that we support law enforcement policy that is locally developed by cooperative efforts of citizens and law enforcement and believes that government should ensure citizen participation in decision making. We observe that the particular structure of governance that the state of Wisconsin offers uh, namely the police and fire commissions around the state um, are in themselves not, not easily um, used to fulfill all of the needs that um, we have as uh, communities looking for um, community determined policing. Um, the police and fire commission has the sole authority to hire, fire the chiefs, supervise the hiring process, and impose discipline. However, the PFC does not have the supervision of the operation or policies of the police department. In the last few years, we have experienced a number of very unfortunate incidents, some of which cost um, almost $10 million in settlements, and of course, that doesn't even speak to the um, damage that was done to our communities confidence and trust in one another. Um, the city has made an effort by establishing the ad hoc committee and also the president's work group on police and community relations to begin to outline the solutions to some of these problems. The league has been observing and praises the city for its efforts in this direction, but we observe that um, it is clear that an ongoing structure is needed to ensure that our police policies and procedures are consistent with our values. That is, temporary committees can't, can't fulfill all of our needs. Such a structure should have the responsibility and the resources to review, investigate, and make recommendations regarding critical incidents, MPD policies and their applications, and residents' complaints. The OIR and our ad hoc committee have um, agreed to recommend an independent monitor together with the Civilian Oversight Board. Um, the League um, understands that there may be some um, adjustments that the Council and the Mayor want wish to make, but we nonetheless urge you to 
uh, adopt the substance of these recommendations. Thank you. Eric Holland in support wishing to speak. Um, thank you for allowing me to come. I'm, um, I came to this issue through the looking at the racial disparities in the Dane County Jail. And what became uh, apparent when we looked at the data from the jail is that the racial disparities in the jail start at the Sally Port. When the, the racial disparities are already established when people are brought to the jail. So the people that bring people to the jail are the police in general. Um, and so the policing structure um, has to come to grips with the racial disparities here in Dane County. Um, and as we've seen since the, uh, I'd say the public awareness of these issues really started with the race to equity report. And, but now we're years down uh, the road from that, and we haven't made a whole lot of progress. Um, and although I must say that the police have done a good job of recognizing, especially among young people, that their um, role in the creating racial disparities can be ameliorated by uh, referring to the restorative justice court. Um, and so I would like to commend them for that action. Um, but in general, the conversation between the minority community and the police department has not moved forward and has not been um, productive. And I'm hoping that this, um, that actually both of these things will start to create that kind of dialogue. The no fault kind of uh, analysis of uh, critical incidents can hopefully lead to changes of procedure which decrease the number of critical incidents. So that's a good thing. The uh, oversight board, particularly if it is, a, has a good representation of the uh, diverse voices um, in the, in that, um, on that board, can then become a forum for shaping our police um, uh, presence in um, Madison so that it uh, changes the racial disparities. So I'm very hopeful that this could be a, a step forward. It wouldn't be, um, and in fact, uh, some of the things that I've been reading recently is many of these police boards are not effective, and, because, and that becomes, that is because they become rubber stamps for the police department. So we need a, a committee that can have a dialogue with the police. And I'm hopeful that this um, oversight board and uh, uh, will become that place for dialogue. And with that, I would encourage you to vote in favor of this uh, measure. Thank you. Thank you. We also have a registration from Greg Glembiak in support available to answer questions. And uh, from Sue Petrasek in support, not wishing to speak. And Linda Ketchum in support, not wishing to speak. Are there questions for any of our registrants? And congratulations, Brandy. Are there questions for any of our registrants? Alder Carter. Yes, for uh, the chair, um, Mr. Finley. Um, my question is, you said you had 200 recommendations? Approximately. 
And how many of those recommendations is going to have a fiscal impact? I haven't counted them up. I don't know. Um, it's 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 not a majority. I don't believe it's a it's a minority, but it's it's not an insignificant number. Some of them will cost more than others. Um, one of the things that we will be doing in our final report is identifying which ones we think will have a fiscal impact, and also um, prioritizing those that we think are more important to get to sooner than others. But I, but I'm sorry, I can't, I can't tell exactly how many right now. And my second question is, um, I think it's vitally important as a policymaker that I can read the report and look at all your recommendations and see which ones that I feel that the city and my district would benefit from. And what is your guess for that final report? Um, the committee, it's hard to give you a, a firm answer on that because I can't predict how long the debate will go and the editing and rewriting. But I, what I can do is tell you where we are in the process um, and give you my best guess about that. Um, the committee has finished its deliberations on all of the recommendations, has voted on them all, and we are in the – we are actively very, very busy – drafting the report. Um, we have drafted the major sections of the report. We have probably produced drafts of about half of, uh, of the write-ups and analysis of about half of the recommendations. Um, we will be meeting this Thursday and again the following Thursday to go over those portions of the draft with the committee. Um, we, I think our current deadline is the end of August. I cannot envision that this will be done by then, um, but we're hopeful that maybe by the end of September the whole thing will be the whole thing will be done. Um, I understand completely your interest in seeing the full report, and that is, believe me, that is our desire as well and our intention. And um, this group of hardworking volunteers is working as hard as they can on getting this to you uh, promptly. Um, no one wants it done soon more than the members of this committee, I assure you. Thank you. Thank you. Alder Bedar. Thank you, Keith, and thank you so very much for all the hard work of, of this committee. It really has been probably, I think, on, goes on record for the hardest working committee we've ever had as volunteers. Um, but I, I wanted to just make sure to, to um, hear back your point about how this, the particular recommendation on the oversight committee being you feel your top recommendation regardless of whether we would see the full um, report or not because you feel that a lot of the other recommendations are tied into having this oversight. Yeah, there are philosophical reasons for supporting this about, you know, the citizen control, uh, civilian control, um, community trust, all of those things. But the point that I think you're getting at is that the, the, real, the primary reason we've pulled this out, and this was, this was recommendation number 146 out of 146 of the OIR group. We are moving it up to recommendation number one in our report. And the reason for that is we believe it is the centerpiece. It is the linchpin of the whole program because 
so many of the other recommendations, they run the risk of turning into just another report that sits on a shelf somewhere and gets ignored unless there is a continuing entity that can examine the police department and this, the police department's actions, uh, follow through, uh, and reassesses the status of the police department's relationships with the community and whatnot on an ongoing basis. So this is, in our view, the key recommendation. Without it, good can, will come, good has already come of the other recommendations because to the MPD's great credit, they've already responded positively to many of the recommendations and have made changes in accordance with that. But if we really want to see all of the recommendations effectuated, um, if we really want to see the change that the Common Council was asking for when they created our committee, we need an ongoing body to, uh, to monitor what's going on and to continually reassess and to keep that dialogue going with the police department. And again, I think it's to the Madison Police Department's great credit that they see this as an important thing as well uh, and are supportive of, of the principle of an independent monitor and a civilian oversight board. Did that, I hope that addressed your... your yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, do not see any other questions for our registrants. So Alder Bedar for a motion. There's a motion to accept the recommendations. Moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? Alder Bedar? Um, so I, um, discussion, I urge my colleagues to, um, to accept these recommendations. We had um, a good discussion at CCEC tonight, and, and uh, the majority vote of CCEC was to recommend um, acceptance of this recommendation. I think there were some questions about um, accepting recommendations um, and, but not knowing kind of what the, the full details of both the fiscal impact um, is, et cetera, of these recommendations. And so, again, I, I will repeat what I had said at CCC, which is we, uh, accepting recommendation is the first step in the process. It's really sending a message that we're interested um, in pursuing this. It does not commit um, in a financial manner, certainly, to do it, but it sets the uh, policy direction that we want to consider this, and the next step would be indeed uh, whether we can do it or not, and that would require separate action from the council. Um, so this is we would like to do it, and the next step would be can we do it, um, which would have fiscal Im implication. And again, we can get to the can we do it and decide that we can't for different reasons, including financial reasons. But I think it's critical and important for us to um, honor the amazing work of, of this ad hoc committee by um, accepting the fact that they wanted to forward these two recommendations to us because they are their two critical recommendations um, and, and want us to, to start working on the next step for these two recommendations, which will take us uh, some time. Um, and then it was really important um, to mention that for the root cause analysis, the time is, uh, is of real importance because they are accepting these applications right now. We have a possibility of actually being able to participate at no cost to us and get this technical assistance, but if we wait longer, we may lose that opportunity to actually get this very important assistance uh, for free through um, this uh, grant that, that was given to the Quattron Center. 
Thank you, Alder Vidar. Alder McKinney. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, there was a very robust discussion um, in our meeting today, and um, um, I voted to uh, abstain, and it was difficult for me to do that because I absolutely respect the hard work and the commitment of this committee and this body. There is absolutely no question about that. I want to make that clear. Um, where I still have a problem with is we often talk about processes, and we use processes loosely. We voted in, uh, uh, to have a report from this body. That report is due the end of August, maybe September, and we have not seen the report as a whole, and that still is troubling to me. Um, uh, we also learned that the, the, the two recommendations um, are separate and not tied together, which means that one recommendation can go forward um, and without the other one. I still, uh, and I am sus sustaining because I believe in the work, I absolutely believe that there is a, um, a need for accountability and all of that, so I ditto everything, but my problem still is, is that we are approving um, or accepting a report that is not complete. And if it's not complete for me, I am not able to vote in the affirmative uh, for, for pulling out these two recommendations without looking at the full report and seeing where those implications and those tie-ins could be for us to move forward as a city. Thank you, Alder. Alder Alvarez. Um, first, I'd like to thank the members of the committee who are here. I do miss working with you folks every other week <laughs> for the many years that we did. Um, I, I think it's important that we, at this point, um, you know, support what the ad hoc committee has brought before us, these two really important recommendations. Um, I also agree with the fact that these are um, linchpin uh, recommendations that do allow um, they give teeth to, to what the other recommendations um, are trying to accomplish. I think it's been made very clear by um, city leadership and folks that we would like to see positive change um, as it pertains to these uh, specific issues, and I think that these two recommendations allow that. Um, there's been also national civil rights organizations who've uh, come out and explicitly stated that uh, civilian oversight committees um, are really, really important for bringing about change as it pertains to law enforcement issues. Um, and so I would definitely uh, urge my uh, colleagues to consider that in their decision time. Thank you, Alder. There are no other Alders in the queue. Uh, the motion is to accept. All in favor, aye. Aye. Any opposed, no? Uh, the chair believes the ayes have it. The ayes have it. Those recommendations are accepted. That brings us to the end of our agenda. Um, are there any introductions from the floor? Alder Skidmore. Oh. 
Nope. I wanted to be recorded as abstaining on uh, the previous vote. I apologize for not speaking up. That's all right. We'll uh, record Alder Skidmar and I believe Alder McKinney as abstaining on that last vote. Thank you, Alder. Any instructions from the floor? Seeing none. Alder Moreland. Oh, come on. I move to adjourn. Moved and seconded to adjourn. All in favor, aye. aye. Any opposed, no. We are adjourned.